Hey guys, Paul here from Meldrum Performance Coaching and the Complete Personal Training Podcast. So in the communication series that we've been talking about, I think I said that I was going to discontinue it, finish it, but I've decided to add a little more to it um, based on some of the stuff that I've seen. Uh, I've got a guest on the podcast today. Uh, now, with communication, we've talked about the fixer narrative, so how it's really important to not come across to our clients as the one person who can solve all their problems because that creates a therapist codependent relationship which isn't really empowering our client and giving them a sense of autonomy and mastery over themselves which is going to long-term lead to problems we've talked about how to you know communicate to your clients in a way where you don't disparage their goals etc because that becomes uh you know it's people have self-esteem issues when they come to the gym they're struggling they finally reach out for help and we say oh you're an idiot you can't turn a muscle um not very helpful obviously and finally we talked about how to admit when you're wrong and how to admit what how to admit that you don't know what you don't know and how to do that in an honest and open way with the client to be able to you know, have an tr- uh, open relationship where they don't think you know everything and you've got that emotional and intellectual vulnerability. Now, what I want to talk about today from communication is the narratives that we actually sell and are they true and are they not? Like what are the underlying assumptions that we're making? So I saw a video today that kind of really led me down this path. And it was someone talking about when they consume McDonald's or gluten or any of these foods that necessarily, you know, many people consider bad, uh, that they start getting, they lose the ability to brace in their lifts, they start experiencing back pain, they start getting internal rotation throughout the shoulders, and their brain fog starts to get worse, etc., etc., etc. Now, there's this is something that's very, very common with fitness professionals in their communication. And what this does is it sets up a lot of self-fulfilling prophecies. Um, so a lot of fitness professionals with a lot of impact and a lot of influence over their clients and particularly ones who are a little bit more charismatic in their presentation will say things like that to their clients. First of all, they're not really true. Gluten doesn't really cause your shoulders to internally rotate. The amount of intellectual gymnastics, mental gymnastics that you have to do to come to that conclusion really is quite impressive. Um, and I understand because this is something that I used to do as well. It would be like, oh, you consume gluten, which is obviously pro-inflammatory. The stomach meridian in traditional Chinese medicine or applied kinesiology relates to the uh, pectoralis major clavicular muscle. The pectoralis major clavicular muscle will respond like it's in pain, so it will tense up, because, even though it's a phasic muscle, but that's another story. And that will cause internal rotation of the shoulders and glenohumeral joint, and that tipping in the scapula will cause pain. That intellectual mental gymnastics, because it sounds impressive, it sounds like it's sort of scientific, it sounds like there's a really good thought process behind it, it starts leading the people trying to find problems when there are none. So it's this catastrophization catastrophization of different aspects of health, of fitness, of training, and of nutrition that personal trainers use quite often in their conversations in their social media and when talking to clients and when people start hearing that they start becoming influenced by it and they start looking for it a very common example of this everyone knows is kind of stupid but everyone does it anyway is when you have a headache or you know you're feeling a little bit of discomfort and then you decide to go on google to figure out what's wrong with you and invariably 20 minutes later you've got brain cancer and you've had four strokes now that catastrophization 
isn't very healthy. We know it isn't very healthy. It's not very healthy to communicate, yet we do the same thing with our clients. And it's part of showing off how much we know and trying to find things for people to be worried about. We're looking at optimization beyond the point where it actually is meaningful towards anything that, towards anyone's type of outcome. And this kind of ties into what we're gonna talk about next week, which is how detail orientated that you need to be in hypertrophy training in rehabilitation, etc., and how the detail or the high amount of detail may actually be detrimental in some cases, in some cases, very essential. But back to this point is with our communication, we need to be very careful not to catastrophize and not to create problems when there are none. So if we talk to our clients about gluten, for example, and we say gluten is toxic, it's neurotoxic because it can create amyloid plaque in the brain, which will lead to Alzheimer's disease, and it it's going to cause leaky gut. And when leaky gut happens, you get you know undigested proteins into the bloodstream. That's going to cause an inflammatory response and your immune system to kick into overdrive. Your immune system is going to kick into overdrive when you get exposed to COVID-19. It doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, you're going to get it and be really sick. Like that type of catastrophization. For someone who doesn't have the understanding of how things work in terms of physiology, which our clients don't, they're not supposed to, we shouldn't expect them to, it's not fair. Uh, they're experts in their own fields and we can learn a lot from them in a lot of other areas. When they hear that from a person who has a, like a little bit of authority, expertise around them, they're gonna start believing that to be true. And when they believe that to be true, what happens is they're gonna start seeking out these problems. And it's kind of like the confirmation bias that we talked about in the last episode. Since you start seeing it, like you're aware of it, you start seeing it everywhere and you'll start to create these problems. And we know very, very well from scientific research how powerful the placebo effect is. In fact, a lot of therapies and a lot of um, treatment systems get all their benefit entirely from the placebo effect. So we need to be aware that we don't create what's called a nocebo effect with our clients by this catastrophization. So guys, that's probably the last part. Yeah, it's definitely the last part of this communication series. So when we're talking to our clients, there's a few things we just need to be aware of. So let's just recap it. We need to make sure we don't make our clients feel bad about anything that goes on that they say. So we don't want to ridicule them for their language or their goals or anything like that. We want to make sure we don't promote a fixer narrative where we're the only ones who can solve their problems and um, you know they need us to get better because really, realistically they don't. And if the client does believe that, then we haven't done our job right in the first place anyway. We want our clients to have autonomy and we want them to have mastery. And if they know the material that we're teaching them, they will get better outcomes anyway. So as I said before in another podcast, one of the worst things I saw was a trainer gloating about his clients leaving the gym and getting fat. Uh, saying that they needed him. That was just a terrible way to go about it. Just basically advertising that you suck at what you do. From there, we need to be careful with our biases and what underlying assumptions we have and how they affect when we listen to our clients. We need to be very aware of what influence when we're treating or training people, what influences we have and trying to be aware of them, not avoid them totally, use them, but uh, be aware of them. And then finally, we need to make sure that we don't catastrophize with our clients and get create fear avoidance over foods, over exercises, over movements, because that nocebo effect can be very, very powerful in creating a negative attitude towards exercise, towards food, and it can cause your clients to creating problems that don't actually exist. So guys, I hope you got a lot out of this. Um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, next week, I'm really looking forward to talking about all the details because I love details, but 
sometimes details aren't as important as what we think. Uh, little peek of that is positioning of foot and where you're putting your foot pressure to relate to the gait cycle. Does it really pay off? We don't know. Anyway, guys, thanks heaps for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed it, leave a five-star review, leave five stars, say something, let me know. Anything would be great and speak to you soon.